Welcome to No Matter What. I'm Hannah Seymour, and this podcast is all about being who God created you to be no matter what. No matter your past, your current circumstances, no matter your relationship status, your career journey, no matter what life throws at you. Each episode, I invite a friend to talk about what that actually looks like, to be who God created you to be no matter what. Hey, y'all, welcome back to No Matter What. I am so excited because today I really just get to hang out with one of my friends. Totally. (laughs) I have Rebecca Gray in the studio today. And Becca and I go way back and then at the same time, like not so far back, I was thinking about the story that I know you're going to tell today. And it was fascinating as I was processing it because in some ways at the time, I wasn't like really in your world and your life when this happened and so Becca to back up Becca is one of my sister-in-law Kaylee's very best friends and they have known each other since college Becca came to Nashville to go to Belmont University as a music major y'all I have so many singer (laughs) songwriter worship leaders on this season of no matter what but I live in Nashville this is what happens this is who you know yeah Becca is a phenomenal singer phenomenal worship leader and Becca and Kaylee have been dear friends for a very long time. So I've known Becca through Kaylee. Becca did the makeup at my wedding. I mean, all all these got to hang out with her pretty much anytime Kaylee had all of her girlfriends around. But I think it really wasn't until I had Isaac that our friendship really started growing, you know, separate aside from Kaylee. Like we would text just (laughs) you and me. Yes. And those of y'all who have become a mom know you just kind of like get a new mama tribe when you are a brand new mom, you need other moms that are really close to you that, you know, I mean, you do need moms that have kids that are older, but you need the ones that really remember how hard the first two weeks, three months year is Mm -hmm. that are just in your corner. And so Becca became that for me and Becca and Brayden, her husband, Brayden have been in small group with Tyler and I, and anyway, they have just become really dear friends over the years. But the story she's telling today, it was just, I was so funny. I'm like, yeah, I was like aware, but not, but not in yeah. it. I remember because I met Kaylee our freshman year and we were best friends. I mean, from then on, like we sat in our car and talked for like four hours that first night we met, <laughs> you know. Just like y'all, were y'all in like a music class together? No, we met at a Mexican restaurant through a mutual <laughs> Las Palmas. Las Palmas, shout out to Palmas. Of course, Las Palmas. Through a mutual friend. And it was just, we just clicked. Like we were in similar spots in our lives, um, you know, still dating our guys from high school. And just, I mean, we had so, I don't know, we just clicked. Like our souls connected. That's amazing. And I mean, she was maid of honor at my wedding. I was maid of honor at her wedding. Like we just have stayed close. And so I sort of adopted her family. Like I would go to Wisconsin every fall break. And I I knew Tyler because he lived here and I never had a big brother. I'm the oldest of five kids. And I've always wanted an older sibling. So I sort of was like, Tyler, (laughs) you get to be my big brother. And we would go to his apartment um, on Wedgwood every time it would like storm because we did not want to get stuck in the basement in a tornado, whatever at Belmont. So we, I got to know Tyler. I remember meeting you the first time you and Tyler kind of hung out. Oh, really? Before you sort of were like, eh. Oh. (laughs) And it was at the Adventure Science Center New Year's Eve party. Oh, I wasn't at that party. Okay, that wasn't you then. No. Awkward. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I could have sworn that was you. (laughs) Anyway, that wasn't you. I was at the one in the Germantown, like, meatpacking factory one. And we we had dated and we weren't dating. And I saw Kaylee and Russell and I talked to them. So maybe 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 I met you at that one. We were always at New Year's Eve parties that Tyler was doing because they were always better than... Anything else else. we were going to be doing in college. So, yeah, but I agree. I feel like once you had Isaac, I was like, I like this girl. I know I like (laughs) this girl. We're going to be in the same phase of life. I was the first of my friends other than like one other friend to start having kids. Yeah. So I also was clinging to people who could be mom friends with me because you do. You need that. It's like this club you didn't know you weren't in. And then you have a kid and you're like, oh, wait, I'm in this club. Please (laughs) let me in this club. (laughs) I need I need to get in this club. So I feel, I remember being like, Hannah, I know I'm probably not your closest person that you might think would be doing this, but I'm going to do a meal train for you. You need this. Yes. Like I was just, yes. and then we, I feel like we sort of just yes. became friends. Yes. And again, other new moms know, like you figure out really quickly who you want advice from, who you, mm-hmm. and I mean, you have friends that you adore and you love their kids, but you're, you're not going to raise them the same way. Like, so the pack becomes pretty small when you realize like, 
this mom is on a similar page as me, how she's raising, how she's responding. Um, anyway, and so Becca really quickly, like got into that very small (laughs) team for me of moms. Becca has two boys. Mm -hmm. Well, and to back up. So Becca met her husband, Brayden at college at Belmont Mm -hmm. and they have two boys and one on the way. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to be raising three Three mighty men. And so anyway, I always tease Becca that she's just one step ahead of me. She had, you know, she had a boy. I had a boy. She had a boy. Uh, I had a boy. So, I mean, I'm not pregnant or anything, but I'm just saying. No, our kids are literally ages (laughs) one, two, three, four right now, which is pretty fun. And they're all hanging out right now with our favorite babysitter. So anyway, okay, let's get to it. So Becca, you know, this show is really all about just talking to everyday people (laughs) about times that the rubber meets the road and you have to decide, Lord, am I going to trust you? Am I going to trust in your goodness in this situation that I don't like? Mm -hmm. How do I cling to your hope, to your truth when everything around me is, is saying, the opposite. Yeah. And I know like all of us do, you have several things that you could talk about, but, um, you had texted me a while ago and said, and I've gotten this, a similar, not the same, but a similar text from a lot of people saying your show's really got me thinking, what's my, no matter what, what what are my, no matter what's. So it really did. I was, I remember sitting, I love your podcast first of all, like, and not just cause you're my friend, (laughs) but I, I love it. I, First of all, think you're so wise. So I just immediately trust what you're mm. going to say. So it's so nice to listen to something without filter. Sure. Just knowing like, you know, the person and you, you know, their heart. Yeah. How, how you, you know still the, listen to me how you know the work. Well, I know it's not like I don't think about anything, you say, but I'm just saying, and you interview these people that are going through these things that I've never had to go through. Yeah. And it just is so encouraging to hear yeah. how they love the Lord still. I mean, I love this podcast Thanks. and I feel like of all the times in the world that we need it. Mm, 2020. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I remember texting you being like, I didn't think I had a season like this. Mm. You know, I was like, cause everybody I hear on your podcast is, well, for four years we've been dealing with this, you know, yeah. or it's like the worst case scenario yeah. of some of these things. And I was like, I thank God, like haven't had to yeah. go through some of that. Yeah. But then the Holy Spirit quickly reminded me like of this time in my, in our lives, my husband and my Braden's in my life where I, it was our, no matter what thing we had to walk through. And it may not have been as long yeah. as others, but the Holy Spirit was like, you promised me you would tell this testimony every mm. chance you got. Mm. And I was like, you're right. Because it not only encourages other people, but it encourages me every yeah. time yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, God, you did that for us. Yeah. Like, Isn't that funny how we have to yes. remind ourselves and re-remember mm-hmm. over and over and over yeah. what he's done in our lives. I was telling Brayden and Kaylee the other day, I was like, I'm so excited to go talk to Hannah because I feel like we're just going to hang out and she's going to encourage my socks off, you know, and hopefully I'll say something <laughs> good. But I also was just like, I'm excited because every time I retell the story, the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart and reminds me that not for a second... Have I ever been alone? And it's just good to remember. Yeah. I mean, all through the Bible, God's yeah. like, remember, right. you know, it's That's like, right. I'm the God of Isaac and Jacob. And, you know, he's like trying to get these people to remember. So yeah. I think telling your story is so important. So we had Elias, um, October of 2015, our firstborn mm-hmm. son. And in February of 2017, he was like 16 months old. He got so sick. That is exactly Pax right now. 16 months. 16 yes. months. Yes. And you know, that's just the yummiest age. Oh my gosh. Walking and learning <laughs> words and just everything they precious. do is precious. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I should start here at the beginning of 2017. So this was February when all this started happening. But in January, the pastors at the church we were at at the time emailed the leadership team and was like, hey, at our next meeting, I want you to bring three to five things that you're praying for in 2017 that are big, big dreams and things Mm. you feel like God's giving you for the year. We want to come alongside you and Mm. pray with them. So I spent some time asking God, like, what are, you know, my things for this year? What are the big things that I might be scared to say, but they're not scary to you. Mm. And one of the things that I've never had the Lord really say to me before that I was kind of took me by surprise. And if I'm honest, I sort of was like, Oh, okay. You know, it's not a big one, but whatever, which is horrible to say was perfect health. I think it's one of those things. If you're a healthy individual, you have a healthy family, you're in your twenties, your early twenties, it's just not something you think about a ton, which is horrible. You take it for granted completely. But the Lord was like perfect health in 2017. I was like, okay, not one sickness, not 
And Elias had just started going to Mother's Day out. So I was like, okay, All Lord. Yeah, I was just like, not sick, no sickness, nothing. Perfect yeah. health in our family for 2017. Yeah. So fast forward a, a month later, beginning of February, he got an ear infection that just would not go away. He was on like two different antibiotics. We went back two weeks later for the visit. His ears were still super infected. They put him on a different antibiotic. We went back two weeks later. So at the end of this like three-week ear infection mm -hmm. he got sick with like another virus and it he started running these fever to like 104 and i just remember brayden and i hate when our kids run fevers we know that it's like we know all the things you know mentally <laughs> and like logically it's good your yeah. body's fighting something yeah. you know yeah. but they get so, oh, sad. so sad and i we just and you feel so helpless as a parent and you know you're just pumping them with like motrin to try to help them feel better but then it spikes again and yeah. I just, you know, the day the fevers break is like the best day. Yes. Well, it just never broke. It was like four days of like really high fevers. Like we were putting, you know, like cold rags on yep. them to try to break it. And yep. and on top of that, sometimes your kid run, runs fevers and they're just running around like normal. Yeah. He was not. He was right. down. He was sick, really, really sick and like lethargic. He normally had so much energy. So it was like Friday of that week. He'd had a fever since Monday and it was Braden's birthday. I'll never forget. And Elias's fever broke that morning. And we were like, thank yes. you, God. Yeah. And then that night, we went and got ice cream cake. We got like five guys. We're like, oh, just yeah. the three of us. We're going to celebrate Brayden's birthday. And I remember I got back with all of it. And Brayden was like, he has a fever again. <laughs> I know. And he, he, he was so upset. He was like, I just have to go take a walk. He didn't even eat his burger. The ice cream cake. Sweet man. I don't even know what happened. It like melted a little. And then I just put it in the freezer. I was like, this isn't happening tonight. And out of nowhere, our friend Pam Brooks, who we went to church with, we mm -hmm. all call her Auntie Pam because she's everybody's auntie, yep, you know. Yep. And she called out of nowhere and was like, hey, what are y'all doing? I want to come by. And we were just like, at this point, we were so just like exhausted and sad that I think we were like, okay, <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Sure. Elias was laying on the couch, not moving, still had a fever on medicine. And she came over that night. She had never done this before and just sat and visited with us. She was like, yeah, I just feel like the Lord told me to come hang out with y'all. Hmm. And we were like, that's so crazy because we needed, we didn't know it, but we needed your spirit in here tonight because we are so discouraged. discouraged. Yes. Yeah. And she was like, he's going to be fine. Elias is going to be okay. And I just clung to those words. Hmm. Like, I'll never forget it. And when she left, we were like, thank you so much for coming over. You know, like this was not the birthday night we had in mind, but it was so much better. So what we needed the next morning, our pediatrician, we'd been by the way, three times that week already because sure. they tested him for flu, for strep, for everything. Yeah. And it, every test was negative. So finally on the last day and they'd given him like the three rounds of Rocephin, mm -hmm. you know, like they're really like, Hey, yeah. this is the antibiotic to end <laughs> it's, all. It, if right. it's something that an antibiotic can cure, this will be it. And we were like, whatever, trusting it's our first child, you know? So we go in on Saturday cause we we're like, he's still not good. We just ran out the door. We're like, we'll be back in an hour, you know? Yeah. Show up. And they did some blood work that day. Mm -hmm. And the doctor we saw wasn't our normal doctor. And she was like, I don't know. It's just not looking how I want it to look. I think you should just go over to the ER and at least get fluids in him. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, he's had a fever for five sure. days. He's dehydrated. Yeah. So yeah. we went to Vandy Children's. You know, we were in the emergency room with him. They got that IV in finally. <laughs> the worst part, those tiny veins. Oh my gosh. And they were giving him fluids and they took some more blood more blood yeah and i just remember we were there for like 45 minutes and we had the first doctor come in and be like we got the initial blood work back and it's not looking like we want it to look and we were just sort of like okay like mm -hmm. what do you mean they're like well we're gonna have some doctors come meet with you within 30 minutes we had met with three different pediatric hematology oncologists <laughs> we were there for fluids so i'm sort of like this is not how I thought this Saturday was going to go. Well, not even that. I was like, I don't think you have the right person. You know, I was just so, I was like, I'm so confused right now. He's it just, fine. He's, he's okay. Said he's he's going to okay. be fine. He's okay. <laughs> he just needs fluids. So, but they all sat down with this like grave expression on their faces and they all were throwing out the word leukemia in within 30 minutes, all of them. It was almost like they needed us to really hear them. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. And, and I was just like, I remember the second guy came through and I was like, why are you saying the L word? <laughs> I, 
I was just like, this is really early for you to be throwing that word around. Yeah. You know, we just got here and and they were like, okay, I understand. I said, you know, here's what I'll say. I am not crazy. You don't need to call a psych eval on me, but I'm a woman of faith. And you can tell me what you're looking at, but you'll never hear me say he has it. You'll never hear me say that word. And I just knew in that moment, like, that's what I had to do in the mm. moment for me mm. to be able to look at my 16 month old and not break down, lose it. Yeah. And, um, he was like, we're going to admit him. We need to like run more tests and we want to watch him closely for the next few days. If his numbers don't get better, we're going to have to do a bone marrow biopsy. So Brayden and I just kind of looked at each other and I was like, we're like, okay. I said, I'll follow your wisdom. You're the doctor. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. Mm -hmm. I want my son to get better. I just can't say that word. Mm -hmm. And then I remember they put me in a wheelchair and he sat on my lap because he was hooked up to the IV and they took us up to our room and the door opens to the sixth floor of Andy Children's. And if you've ever been there, like my heart truly goes out to you because it was just the most unexpected walk down a hospital mm -hmm. hallway I've ever had. Like mm -hmm. we were, I was being strolled and I'll never forget. I looked to my left and it was a wall of photos and all the kids had no hair in the mm -hmm. photos. And I remember, you know, there's those moments in your life you'll never forget where you hear the Holy Spirit like he's right beside you. Mm -hmm. And it was so loud and so clear. And he just said, fear or faith, choose now. And it was like I had to, in the second had to make that decision. Mm. I looked, saw the photos, heard fear or faith, choose now. And I was like, I'm choosing faith. Mm. I'm choosing faith. That's it. Mm. Like fear is not going to mm -mm. happen. It's not a part of this. Mm -mm. Well, I'm glad mm -mm. that it was a split second momentary decision because as we keep walking, you know, you see, I saw moms wheeling their kids in wagons, you know, no hair. I look and see the signs on the doors that say transplant day. And they're this big, big decorated signs, like this big thing for families on this floor. And I was like, what are we doing here? So anyway, they admitted us and they were running tests for different viruses too, because they were saying there are some viruses that suppress bone marrow too. Sure. But the levels he was at, they hadn't necessarily really seen that with a virus. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So they were mm -hmm. all sort of really giving us the word leukemia. Yeah. So we were there and that was Saturday. Saturday, his, he got worse. Even being there, hooked up to fluids. Sunday, his numbers got worse. They kept coming and getting blood work and coming back and it just kept getting worse. And I was like, how, how is this getting worse? We're here, like getting really good care. You know, he's definitely, he was swollen. I'm like, he's pumped with enough fluids to anyway. Um, so they were like, we're just not happy with it. So we want to do a bone marrow biopsy on Monday. So I remember on Sunday, this was when we finally started telling, we weren't telling people that they thought it was. Yeah leukemia or the L word. It's, I don't know why it's still hard for me to say. I think just because I was in that mind, I was like, I need to do this to survive this. Mm -hmm. And I remember Brayden and I looking at each other and being like, Elias is going to be okay if we're okay. He's mm -hmm. looking to us for everything yeah. right now. Every yeah. emotion, yeah. every feeling, every smile, every, yeah. I was like, we have to be strong. There's mm -hmm. no other option right now in front of him. Yeah. Our families obviously were like praying, wanting to come. We were like, we don't know how long we're going to be here. So hold off for yeah. a second, you know. But I remember our friends organized this 24 hour prayer Sunday yeah. night. Okay. Because I, that, yeah, I, you I prayed. This, is when, this is when I got clued into the <laughs> yes. story. Like I would have had no idea anything was going on. And I got a text. I don't even think it was from Kaylee. I think it was from like Daniela or someone else that was like. Cammy organized oh, it. Oh, that's probably who so, texted Because me. basically our friends, Cammy and Steven Avers, also best friends through college. Steven's a doctor. And so Braden had been messaging. He's one of Braden's best friends. Mm -hmm. And Braden had been messaging with Steven, like giving him the numbers. Yeah. Because he knew what it all meant. Yeah. So Steven, I guess, was clued in before everybody else okay. to what. Yeah. But he never told us, you know, he never made us feel like we were in danger. <laughs> he was just, we're praying for you. Cammy was like, Hey, we're going to get this 24 hour prayer thing going. So it was like our family, our friends, our church family, our pastors, everyone. It was like from 3 PM one day to 3 PM the next day. And they took hour long increments yep. and prayed. Yep. I remember that night through the night. It was a long night. I slept in the bed beside Elias. I mean, he was so little. Oh, he just wanted tiny. me right there. Yeah. And every hour I would wake up just checking on him and I would have a text from whoever's hour it was to pray and they would have like 
God gave me this word for Elias. Or I was praying and I couldn't get the scripture out of my head. So I started copying and pasting them into this note. And the next morning, I mean, these were life for us. This was like breath in our lungs. Oh, yeah. The words and prayers from these yeah. people. Um, I remember the next morning I sent them to Kaylee and was like, hey, because she was in town which is crazy because they were gone so much at this point uh-huh. with Russ. So it's crazy that she was there. I think Russ was actually not in town, uh-huh. but she had stayed back because she knew we were in the hospital. And I was like, can you print these and bring them to our room? I want to post them all over the hospital. So she did them in like black, bold <laughs> font and printed each one on its own like cardstock piece of paper and brought tape. Actually, no, we just borrowed surgical tape from the <laughs> hospital. Like we were like, we don't have tape. And we put them up all over our room. Our room was covered in scriptures and words because I was like, I have to look at it. I need to see this. All the time. Yep. Like there's no way that I'll be able to be strong if I'm not. Yeah. And not on my phone. I need it on the wall. On, yeah. On the wall yeah. around him. Look at my child. I glance over and I see this. And yeah. it was like, so it was like the prayers of people we will never even know. Mm-hmm. And these people who aren't just sending up a prayer for a stranger, mm-hmm. these people the Holy Spirit had, they, I found out later, had laid on their hearts to pray fervently mm. for this kid they didn't even know, for this family they didn't mm. even know. I'm like, God, please help me be that kind of person, I know, I know. you know, to not even know someone, but to like have my heart move for yeah. them because they're yours. Yeah. And I remember our pastors came by after an event they had that night late and they called us from downstairs and we're like, there's two people here that are kind of dressed up. It's like 11 p.m. Do you want us to let them up? <laughs> We were like, let them up. We knew who they were. Let them up. Let them up. I remember they barely said a word to us. Elias was asleep. They knelt beside him on either side of his bed, anointed him with oil and wept and prayed for, I don't know how long. Like they barely talked to Braden and I. And they got up and they were like, we're here for you. It's going to be okay. And I was like, yep, he's going to be okay. So the support and the community, like looking back on that time, I'm like, man, we could not have gone through that. The way we did without yeah. our family yeah. and our friends yeah. and our church, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was Sunday. We woke up the next day, and on Monday he had we had to he had to fast because he had his biopsy that day. So I remember being like, "Well, he can't eat. I'm not eating. You know, yeah. he's like my baby. Yeah. You yeah. know." So I remember we fasted and prayed that day, but still, like we had and Braden had gone to get clothes because. You know, we were like just going for a checkup. Right. <laughs> and love his heart. He doesn't know where I keep my clothes, what clothes I wear. He grabbed me like I had my vans. He brought me tube socks. I had like one pair of jeans that weren't in the wash that were like baggy that I never wore. He brought me these old T-shirts and I was like, okay. And my friend Felicia texted him and was like, what do you need? I was like, I need small men's white v-neck tees, um, some comfy pants, some no-show socks, and a razor. <laughs> she was like... Gotcha. So I remember she came by that day and like brought stuff. Anyway, people just continued to be there for us through every step of the way. So that morning, that day we prayed and fasted. And she even said, when I came by to drop off your stuff, it was almost like Elias wasn't even sick. Like I forgot he was sick because of how okay you guys were. Mm. She was like, you never told me what was going on. You never said like, oh, they think he has leukemia. You just were like, yeah, we're here. They're running some tests and, you know, hopefully we'll be able to go home soon. I don't remember, but she said you guys were so okay that I was like, oh, okay. Wow. You know, surprising on this floor that you're here, Yeah, but okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway, we did the biopsy that day. I remember that was the hardest part for sure. We were like worshiping in the room with him. And I remember that was the first time I let myself cry since it had all happened and I was holding him he couldn't see me and I think he was like napping on me so we were listening to some worship music and I remember crying and praying and just being like I do trust you I do Hmm. like no matter what (laughs) no pun intended I was like I really do yeah and so we went I remember going down to the I guess prep room for the procedure and just being really on guard like the Holy Spirit had given us this heightened sense of awareness and it was like we were walking through with like these faith goggles on Hmm. it's the weirdest thing my husband and I both talk about it we're like we have walked in faith in our Christian walks in our lives we talk about faith you have to have faith to believe in Jesus you know it's like definitely a part of our lives but this was the first time we both say we felt faith 
Hmm. We felt strong when Hmm. it made no natural sense. We felt peace when it made no Hmm. natural sense. We were like unashamedly asking to pray with everyone who was going to lay their hands on him. So we prayed with um, the person putting him to sleep, the anesthesiologist. We prayed with the um, person doing the bone marrow biopsy procedure. And y'all just asked, like, hey, can we pray We're like, can we pray with you before this? Uh Yeah. And no one, no one said no. Yeah. Everyone was like, yeah, "Yeah, of course, you know. Mm. And so they did. I just remember they let me hold him until he fell asleep. So I got to take him into the room and hold him. And then they put, you know, the stuff in him and he fell asleep. And I remember that was the hardest part was leaving that room. So it's like, okay, now I'm going to just go sit in this waiting room where I have to wait for his name to pop up on a screen. And also prior to that, this is how, this is how much they thought he had leukemia. They had given us, they asked us while we're in there, because it's Vandy, right? It's a teaching hospital. And they were like, while we're in there, can we extract extra bone marrow so that we can use it for research? We were like, totally like we whatever helps you all yeah. progress like curing every you know whatever we can do to help yeah and they're like it won't hurt him and we're like well yeah. great then yeah. yeah so they bring us this form to sign I'll never forget talk about being like super aware and my husband and I are reading through it and at the top of it says because you have been diagnosed with acute leukemia we are taking extra bone oh, marrow no. the first sentence because you have been diagnosed with acute leukemia and Brayden and I just went we're not signing that <laughs> And we brought the doctor in and we were like, we're not being crazy, but this is the first sentence and we don't even know if he has it. Yeah. You haven't even done the biopsy. It felt yeah. like the enemy was trying to trap us mm. by getting us to sign some form mm. that agreed to the fact mm. that he had it when I hadn't even been saying the word. It was like we had to be like fear of faith, you know, like on guard from the second we got there, mm. mm-hmm. but not in a scary way, just in a like heightened faith way that I've never experienced and I remember us being like no if you change the wording like if you want to go back to your people (laughs) and say because we are doing a a bone marrow biopsy to explore the possibilities Uh of you know his bone marrow then we'll sign it and you can do whatever you want with it like I hope it helps but we're not signing it like this and we didn't we didn't sign it I'm like I'm not putting my name to that so they didn't did they extract extra bone marrow no (laughs) I mean, I just felt like that made so much sense to me. Brandon and I both, we were like, this is crazy. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, we even messaged Steven. Love us. Our, he was our lifeline through all this. We were like, Steven, are we crazy? He was like, no, I wouldn't have signed it either. We're like, okay, great. So we waited and they, you know, he did the procedure, woke up that night, was sort of just like our parents had, I think finally got there. Brayden's mom was there and my sister Frankie was there, who was a nurse. So I was like, I feel like you'll be able to help me, mm. you know, explain things to me. Yeah. And that night we slept and woke up the next day. And really, I remember the doctors came in that afternoon. Like we waited all day. He was doing better at this point as far as like feeling more like himself. He was eating more like himself and all that. And they came in and and I'm not kidding. I was ready for them to tell me he had he it. Leukemia. I had acute never leukemia. acute leukemia. Yeah. yeah. I had never even said the words to people because I was so aware of the life and death I was speaking Mm. with my tongue. Mm. But in my heart and in my mind, I was prepped and I was like, so they're going to tell me he has it. And here's what's going to happen. Like, this is where our faith was too, though. And actually, Brayden and I didn't talk about this until after the fact, like we were there for each other, but we weren't saying this to each other that we both felt this way. They're going to tell us he has it. And then we're going to be here for a minute, but Elias is going to be okay. There was never a doubt in my mind he was going to live, but there was the thought of, I'm here for what you want to do mm-hmm. through this, God. And we may have to And we may have this. to go through this. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, I thought we probably will. Yeah. But I was to the point where I was like, I'm ready to go knock on doors next door. If we're going to be here, I'm going to meet these families that have been here longer than me. We're going to wow. pray with them. We're going to have start a small group here in the hospital. <laughs> these I, I seriously <laughs> went through... All of this. You were already, you were a woman on a mission. And what I felt like my faith, even talking about it, like I feel my faith. Like I was like, all the kids are going home. That's what I said. I was like, that's why we're not going home yet. Cause God wants us to be here to pray with everyone and encourage everyone. And every kid on the sixth floor that's here right now is going home. So they came to our room that afternoon and I was like, he, he met us outside. He's like, you want to come outside for a second? We were like, sure. And he said, well, we have Elias's results. And we were like, okay. And he goes, do you want to do this out here alone? Or, and I was, we were like, no, whatever you tell us, they're going to be here with us through the whole thing. Whatever you tell us, like, just do it in front of them. Yeah. Because like our family. Yeah. 
and Kaylee. Yeah. And so they came into the room and they're like a team of them because there's always a team. Yep. Each other. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they were like, well, Mr. And Mrs. Great, do you want to sit down? That's when I was like, okay, here we go. And we were like, um, sure. Just want to interrupt this conversation for a second to tell you about today's sponsor, Faithful Counseling. As y'all know, we talk about counseling on no matter what a lot. There have been several seasons in my life where seeing a licensed therapist has been pivotal to my personal growth and overall well-being. And a question I get all the time is how to start counseling and even where to find a trusted counselor in your area. And while the answer to that question used to be kind of long and complicated, I am so excited to now be able to tell you about Faithful Counseling. The three things I love most about Faithful Counseling, one, it's super easy to start your account and to start getting the help you need in whatever season you're facing. Faithful Counseling assesses your needs and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 24 hours. You can send them messages, set up weekly video or phone sessions, and if you need Two, you can switch your counselor at any time for no cost. Two, it's way more affordable than traditional counseling rates. And three, and probably most important to me, you know that you're talking to a certified traditional therapist, but also to someone who is a fellow believer and can talk to you from a faith perspective. And right now, Faithful Counseling is offering 10% off your first month to No Matter listeners. Just go to faithfulcounseling.com slash no matter what, all one word, no matter what. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Going to counseling has been pivotal for my own personal growth and well-being. And now I am so grateful to know about Faithful Counseling so I can refer no matter what listeners to their service. Again, it's faithfulcounseling.com slash no matter what to get 10% off your first month of service. So we sat down and he was the doctor, the way he said it, I'll never forget or understand why, (laughs) but he was like, what did I tell you the word blast meant? And I was like, you told me blasts were leukemia, you know, mm-hmm. showing up in his blood cells. Mm-hmm. And he was like, exactly. So we we went and we looked at Elias's bone marrow and we saw 3% blast. So I was like, okay, we got it. And he said, um, which is basically nothing. And his bone marrow was reproducing. His blood cells were reproducing. He does not have leukemia. That's how he told us. <laughs> like, do you not have a lot of practice giving good news? Because... I just was like, I don't know if they do it. Or they're trained to do it in such a way that people hear them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because. I bet. Like, sort of alarming and on purpose. Yeah. Because it's such a, I don't know, flurry of thoughts. And, like, it goes yeah. so fast. You could be in shock the whole time. Yeah. Um, And we were, I was like, wait, what? He does not. He does not have leukemia. And he was like, he does not. And every all the doctors started smiling. And all of our family started cheering. And I remember all I I was the weirdest reaction because I imagined I would be weeping and on the yeah. floor. And I remember just hushing everyone. <laughs> My first instinct would be like, shh, because I was so acutely aware of the fact that people around us get here as cheering and they mm-hmm. may not get to go home. So that's where I had got to. I was like, wow, Lord, are you sure? Like, it still makes me kind of weepy because I was so sure that. We were there. But and to the- have that, I mean, Becca, I would, I mean, you're like in that split second that you're relieved for your child and grateful to the Lord. You're already thinking about the people next door. And I don't think most people would be in that I position. just think that's where the Holy Spirit took us. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the Holy Spirit takes you there. If you, if you have faith in God. Yeah. That's what I'm realizing. Like having faith and praying and believing for an outcome is great. We can ask God whatever we want to ask him. Yeah. But we also have to say that I will be done. That's right. Like That's when right. you posted that the other day, yep. I was, I was like dying because Braden and I had just been talking about that. And sometimes the danger, I guess, of, um, the way faith for things can be preached today. Yeah. Um, it's becomes prescriptive. Yeah. And in turn, puts you in the power seat. That's right. Almost strong arming God with his word. Yep. And he loses his sovereignty. Yeah. And so something that we I think we're careful to do is to still be like, Thy will be done. I mean, I think even to the point where I thought he was going to have that diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. Now I had not got to the point of that will be done if you take him from me. Right. I was not there. Right. <laughs> but right. again, I felt like I felt like in that moment what looked so 
vastly different from the word he gave me in January to now was because that word was for this time. Mm. It was for me to cling to. Mm. So again, God could have done whatever he wanted or needed for his purposes to be fulfilled. That's right. But I never felt like it was Elias dying. I felt like it was maybe Elias getting sick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I was clinging to every word we'd ever God spoken over him. Like, you said this, God, you know, yeah. he has a future. Yeah. He has a future, yeah. you know? So, but yeah, when they let us go, I just remember being like, are you sure? And then, so you go through all that. And then also in the meantime, we're getting these virus. They tested for viruses that suppress bone marrow. None of them came back positive. So I'm really thinking like, okay, it's not a virus. It's got to be, yeah, you know, the other. Yeah. We were discharged within like 30 minutes oh. and in our car on the way home. So you were there for? Four days. Four days and then discharge. In, in 30 th- minutes. Can't never get discharged in 30 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, someone must have really needed the room. I don't know. But I was just like so surprised that they would let us go. Because days before, not only was were his numbers so bad, but they were telling us his magnesium levels were off. He might need to have a blood transfusion. That was just days before. So it was kind of hard to wrap my head around, you know, a little, I was a little apprehensive about leaving. Yeah. But I remember getting in the car and I finally, I was alone. We had driven separately because Braden had, you know, had, gone back yeah. to get stuff yeah. and, I just remember that's when I finally broke down. I was like, God, I thought every kid was going to get to go home. Like, I'm so grateful we're here. Like, I'm so grateful we're here. But almost a little bit of survivor's remorse in the sense of like, mm. why? That's not fair. Mm. And the whole, I just remember the Holy Spirit saying like, you don't know what I can do. I don't need you there to sweep through that floor and send yeah. every kid home. Yeah. Like, you know, this is God's I can do mercy what I want to do. your family. <laughs> and I think it hit me in that moment of like how valuable the prayers were and how much it changed our lives. It yeah. changed our faith lives. Yeah. But I don't think that I, and I think I learned this lesson through this. I don't think how hard I prayed or how well I prayed or how much I prayed is what sent Elias home. That's right. I think it was the mercy and grace of God. That's right. That's and right. I don't think I prayed any better than the person next to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. but one why one person gets to go home and one person doesn't is beyond my understanding. Yeah. yeah. But God works all things together for the good of those who love him. And I was yeah. just talking to Braden. My husband is like, I mean, you know him. He amazes me. He's such a teacher and he'll yeah. pull things out of scripture that just bring the whole book together yeah. for me. And like, anyway, he was saying that the other day. He said, all things, not all things in your life or my life. That's right all things. Right. And I was like, wow, when I read that scripture, I read it, you know, he brings all, works all things together in my life for the good of those who love him. So That's everything right. in my life's going to be good and easy. Right. That's how I translate right. that. I think a lot of us do. Yeah. But it's like, no, God has this greater That's zoom right. out. He has right. this greater purpose and it's, it's to fulfill his purpose. So do we believe in praying prayers of faith Absolutely. That's what got us through yeah. the scriptures on the walls yeah. and not even speaking the words and just believing to the point of where I might've looked a little crazy, but also saying "Thy will be done. Like also acknowledging his sovereignty in, right. it, in it all. That's right. And yeah. So I just remember once he said that I finally rejoiced, like I finally mm-hmm. felt, felt like this release and I was like, we're actually going home. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe we're actually going home. Mm. you know and he had like a snack on every a chocolate snack pack my mom gave him as soon as we got home and a cheeseburger <laughs> from mcdonald's so judge judge me i know it's like okay your kid's been really sick for five days let's feed him a happy <laughs> meal but my mom was just like he's having a dang cheeseburger right. Right. like he just went through a lot and he had Sweet you know boy. he barely got he didn't even get to eat the day before so yeah it was just him sitting in his high chair that night hmm. And I he just, was, and he was fine. He like was he just fine. was fine. They're like, so we had to go back for follow up blood work two days later. And I remember <laughs> this so vividly. They took his blood. We went to meet the doctor and and at Vandy's children at Vandy's children's. Yeah, the same doctor. Did you kind of have like PTSD? The, well, a little. Yeah, so I feel like I don't want to. I don't even want to walk. I don't want to be back in there. Yeah. yeah, we've had to deal with that trigger a lot when our kids run fevers. Yeah, these days. Oh, you I know? can imagine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we we met with the same doctor who had discharged us and given us the good news. And he was like, well, Elias's numbers are higher than the average kid his age at this point, which is crazy because they were solos, like bone marrow biopsy. And he said, he said these were just like, if all kids healed like Elias, we would have world peace. And I looked at him and was like, 
that's not Elias's body. That's God. God did a miracle yeah. with my son. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of things you could choose to believe in situations like that where it's really very unknown. Yeah. But in my opinion, I'm like, this is many children. So they tested for virus, any virus they yeah. knew that did it. And it wasn't those the viruses. numbers don't lie. The blood work doesn't lie. And then talking His... to Stephen, our doctor friend after, and he was he said after we were released, thank God. Not never during he Stephen never would have he never would have done this. But he said when I uh, Braden sent me the text, I dropped to the floor on my face and wept and prayed. Mm. Cause he's like, I've never seen numbers like that that wasn't leukemia. Yeah. So in my in my opinion, what I like think happened was he probably did have it and God miraculously healed yeah. him. Like that's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he didn't, but I'm yeah. just like, we don't know. But God, regardless of what we know, God miraculously healed him. Were you praying for miraculous healing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would, that's all I was speaking. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in, I mean, in my heart, I think not, there were other th- places I was going. Yeah. And not to, I, I didn't ask that question to lead then like, well, then that's why God answered it. Because again, going, but what you said before, I mean, anytime I think we get into a prescriptive, if we do X, Y, Z, then God yeah. does ABC, we've missed the mark. If you hear a preacher saying that to you or for, it, it's, it's, we have gone off the reservation. Well, this I feel is not like how it's God very works. prosperity gospel though. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you say this prayer, you do this thing. God's word says this, therefore he will do but it's I like can God's control word God's. Also says this That's and right. okay, who's the perfect example we yeah. follow? Jesus. Yeah. What was his prayer? Take this cup from me. Yeah. But yeah. thy will be done. Right. Like he's That's the right. perfect person to hear. Braden loves the prayer. I think it's Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and they go in the fire. That's right. They're yeah. like our God can take us through the fire. Our God will take us through yep. the fire, but even if he doesn't, we will pray. To That's them. right. Beth Moore has a sermon in her Daniel series on that. I think it's Daniel three. It's one of the best sermons I've heard on that passage, but also just in general of being rescued and redeemed through a fire. And she talks about like, whether it's the terminal cancer diagnosis, you know, all these things that to us feels like being thrown into a fiery furnace. And she says, God may miraculously heal you. He may rescue you from it. He may rescue you through it, which is where your mind was of like, we're right. going to walk right. through this horrible journey, yeah. but he's going to, he's going to rescue us through it. Or he may rescue you on the other side of it, mm-hmm. which means taking you to glory and fully healing you, mm-hmm. which is our earthly minds don't want to go there. Don't but like, go. that's what we've been destined for we've been designed to go to glory with christ not you so anyway yeah but it was the best um, it was just the best sermon i'd ever heard I on praying that. for healing praying for being rescued or redeemed from something it's like yeah lord you're either going to do this miraculously on the front you're going to take me through it and i'm going to suffer but you're going to redeem me through the suffering mm-hmm. or you're going to take me to glory Right. But you are always going to rescue. But you're always going to rescue. I think that's hard for us to wrap our minds around because I think a lot of people are fearful that if they pray the prayer that I will be done, that they've lost hope. Yeah. It's like, oh, if I'm praying this prayer and I've given up my hope that he will heal me. Yeah. And it's like, actually, I think it's a greater faith prayer, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because mm-hmm. you're placing every bit of trust in mm-hmm. his plan. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to pray that. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. And like, we have to be so careful, I think, not to have faith in the outcome, but to have faith That's in right. the one who gives the outcome. Yeah. You know, yeah. God, God, God does ask us to live lives of faith in him. That's right. Yeah. You know, we don't know like he knows. We don't see infinitely like no. he does. And sometimes I think we focus too much on, I guess, what the answer we want. Yeah. You know, versus it's like what he will do in Jesus name versus what he can do and you know, we believe he can do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like. Yeah. No, it's a difference. It's a, There's a difference there. My dad always says, you know, don't ask. Well, he doesn't say don't ask for a miracle, but it's, but it's basically like, don't ask for a miracle, ask for immovable faith. And this idea that if, if we only asked and received miracles, we would always need another miracle. Right. There is so much pain and right. suffering on this side of heaven. And we, if we don't have an immovable faith, we'll never survive it. We will just need another miracle and another miracle, and another miracle. And I mean, I, I love, I'll say like, let's pray for a miracle and a movable faith. And sometimes God gives us both. Sometimes he gives us the movable faith. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, He's sovereign. He knows what's best. I I mean, I feel like I've said this so much on the show, but it's just what I've been learning in 2020. He withholds no good 
thing. And so if that thing that we are begging God for, if he withholds it, it means it's not good right now. It might be good someday, Mm -hmm. but it's not good today. Which we cannot understand when it's like, this is a good thing. Like, I want to have a baby. God, this is a good prayer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Why not? Yes. Or I want my son to be healed. Like, that's a good thing. You tell us to pray for healing. Jesus healed all day long. Yeah. Every day. You know? (laughs) So I think it's hard to wrap our minds around, like, the infinite mind of God. So much bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is a quote that kept coming to mind as you were talking. It's from Levi Lesko. Actually, this quote came from Jamie Hurd um, in an interview during on season two, fear is having faith in the enemy. And that popped in my head when you were talking about walking onto the sixth floor of Vandy. Yeah. Am Mm -hmm. I going to have fear of faith? And, and really it's like, am I going to have faith in the Lord or am I going to have faith in the enemy? Mm. What do you feel? Can you look back and see things that God did or planted in you to bring you to that sixth floor where it was, you didn't even hesitate. I'm going to have faith in you, Lord. I think that at that point we were living our lives for God. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we, we are now, I don't mean that we were then and we were, we're really off now. I just mean we were doing <laughs> doing life with him every second of the day, day in, day out. We were encouraged by, I mean, we were part of a church plant in Nashville. So, I mean, you're very hands-on. You're there all the time. We were leading our own small groups. So we were constantly just surrounded by encouraging words, encouraging people, the word of God, you know, just being saturated in, in it. So I think a lot of, a lot of that helped, but I think it's just this thing that comes from down deep if you've said yes to God. Like, I think Mm -hmm. if you've truly said yes, when you're in those hard situations, you don't even know the kind of strength that he can give you. I don't necessarily think you can, I think you can prepare, like you can build your storehouse so that you're pulling from this place of strength. But at the same time, like you don't know how you're going to respond in that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I was like, I need all the strength you have. Because I knew I could not yep. do it yep. on my own. Yep. So I think for yeah. us, it was just like a no brainer. Like yeah. we are going to trust God. But yeah. I think that was the decision. Living that out was a totally, totally different, yeah. Yeah. different story. I think about this story a lot. It's like funny how it comes up in my brain at times. But and from the side of I was someone who got a text to be on that 24 hours of prayer and I think about that a lot and and then I immediately ask myself one am I am I actively living in relationships to where I would be on that text like I want I mm-hmm. want to be a woman that people immediately think ooh text Hannah Seymour because she will totally pray like pray fervently yeah. for me in my situation mm-hmm. um I want that to be my reputation not for the sake of that being my reputation but be, for the sake of that being my are. character right. yeah yeah and then two which is more has more weight, I think for me is who are going to be my people. Mm-hmm. Cause we're all going to face situations at some point or another. Maybe we don't need a 24 hour, yeah. you know, prayer line type thing, but, but we need community. Yeah. We need fellow and not just fellow believers. We need fellow believers who cling to the promises of God, who will fight on our behalf when we are too tired to be fighting for ourselves, who will text us the verses and the words, um, that are going to encourage us. And, and I, I mean, I will, I I often will take stock and be like, okay, Lord, like, do I, you know, if, if we hit Vanderbilt children's tomorrow, is there someone who would set that up? And are there enough people that, would sign up to pray mm-hmm. for us. And yeah. and for me, and I don't say that, I say that because I think too often we sit back and think that that community and whatever is one rare and, and maybe it is, but two, that God will just provide it. And I come from a perspective of like, no, you've got to pursue it. Yeah. And if you want that type of community and that type of fellowship with other believers, you got to Go, be you got to, you got to be involved. Yeah. You got to find them and you've got to cultivate those relationships. That's so true. We were so involved. And I guess I should also add to that. It was like, we were so involved with the church, but also our families raised us in the faith. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And on top of that, we had this crew from college, yeah. the ones that started the prayer, 24 hours of prayer. Yeah. I mean, and some of them, I think went to the church at the time and some of them didn't, yeah. but they, our friend's mom affectionately called us the fire squad once. Cause she was like, 
I've got a prayer request. I need you to get your fire squad on this kind of saying like, I know these are your prayer friends, yeah. your praying friends. Yeah. And it's like our close crew from college yeah. and we're on a prayer. Oh, we're, that's we're what I'm telling you. That's what Taylor and I will be like, well, Kaylee and Russ will be doing something and we'll be like, oh, like who, who's, who's invited? Is like fire squad invited? They'll be like, yeah, fire squad, yeah. y'all. Like, <laughs> I think my friend, my friend is currently making sweatshirts to say fire squad. Maybe, maybe not, you know. Definitely happening, but no, it's been Can I for get one that says "fire squad" and y'all because that's the time I get to be the end, y'all. And, y'all. and I, I mean, I love it. I'm grateful. I'm, I feel like you just join. <laughs> that's where I'm at with it. But I, it's been this crew of friends that God weaved together in His grace yeah. and mercy years and years before. Yeah. So it's some of these. There's such beauty in those friendships that are just you're so close because of the time yeah. that you've been walking with each yeah. other and knowing each other. So yeah, the fire squad definitely was then and still is our community. Yeah. I think amidst all of it, like yeah. we're, we aren't at that church anymore and I still love those church and, yeah. and some of those people are still our best friends, but the fire squad crew and our families, I mean, they have, yeah. they also were, you know what I mean? Yeah. I as instrumental in helping shape our minds and our spirits mm-hmm even through college, like years before. And, yeah. you know, and yeah. so it's, 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 I guess it all sort of works together, but to your point about community, be, we were involved, we were involved in our friend group. We were involved yeah. in our families yeah. and we were involved in our church. Yeah. And so we had those people yeah. that we could call and we knew would pray yeah. fervently yeah. for us. Yeah. I think what's fun as an outsider to think about fire squad and how y'all met and where the Lord's brought you. Y'all are all in very different places in your faith journey when you first oh, became friends. Totally. And, and I think that, I mean, to, to think about where y'all were, I mean, really y'all met about the age 18 ish. And then now y'all are all like 30, mm-hmm. right? I'll be I 32 mean, this I mean yeah. that's crazy. Y'all have almost gotten to the place where you will have lived the same amount of life together together as you did before but where god has brought each of you individually and as you got married and had babies and it's really and it's, amazing it's beautiful it's really to sweet. do life with people like that because not only do you get to be with each other in the good times yeah. but you also get to be with each other in the really hard times and so someone else's loss is your loss and someone yeah. else's victory is your victory yeah. i mean there have been times when it was not happening to brayden and i but i prayed like it was and then whenever it did happen i rejoiced like it happened oh, to me yeah. i mean that's yeah. i think that's also the beautiful part about doing this faith journey with people yes. you need the encouragement from God doing it for them yeah. too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like when I say that's supposed to be the body of Christ. That's yeah. what it's supposed to look like yeah. is your victory is my victory and your sorrow is my sorrow. Yeah. And it's been, I mean, we've been walking that out for the last, you know, 13 years and it's just been, I mean, the biggest yeah. blessing. I did not yeah. even know. I still don't even remember how I chose Belmont. So that just shows you the grace of God, you know? <laughs> all together. Okay. You know that I always want to talk about scripture in this show. So I know you, you didn't take your Bible to the hospital because you didn't know you're going to the hospital going. on Saturday. So it's not like you were like clinging to your Bible during that time. But um, looking back, is there scripture that either you would give yourself, you know, now mm-hmm. or, or scripture that was sent to you? What were yeah. some of the things that you really so clung to at that time? At the time we had again we had scriptures and like just maybe visions or encouraging things mm-hmm. that like people felt like god told them taped up all over our walls yeah. so there wasn't like one specific necessarily but there was one phrase or mantra i guess you could say that we repeated over and over and it was in elias as it is in heaven huh. someone sent that to huh. us and they were like i just kept hearing it over and over as i was praying in elias as it is in heaven. I remember Cammie texted me and she was like, I'm singing it. God gave me a melody for this. Of course, Cammie. And yeah, and everybody, I think someone else made a a screen, like a, a background. Wallpaper, yeah, uh-huh. for your phone. And they sent it out and they're like, everybody put this on your phone. So every time you see it, you think of him to pray. And I just remember we said it over and over in Elias as it is in heaven. Wow. And then there was also, I remember Cammie sending me this text and being like, I just saw so clearly like God the lion like pacing back and forth in front of Elias's bed Mm. and God, the lamb laying in bed with him. Mm. And she was like, he's protected and he's comforted. And I needed that. I was like, yeah. Cause I think so often as parents, it's really hard to like 
let go and be like, God, you're a better father than I will ever be a mother. Yeah. You love him more than I could yeah. ever fathom because it's, you're so. Like, I would never let my child suffer. Like, my earth, like, right. I don't, there's a book called The Blessing of a Skin Knee, and I've got it, like, on my mental bookshelf. I know I'm going to read it. But it is. It's like, we have to let our kids struggle mm-hmm. and experience pain. And, but that is not That's not what we want to do. do. No, yeah. But the perfect father knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. It builds, again, it builds that character and perseverance mm-hmm. and just. I mean, I want my kids to run to him. Mm-hmm. I want them to run to me too, especially when they're young, right? We are like the picture of God the Father to yeah. them when they're y- yeah. that young, yeah. you know? God help us all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want them to run to him. Yeah. And it was just this beautiful reminder of like, I am not the only person taking care of him right now. Mm. I knew that, but I kept going to God for like, give me strength, give us strength, mm. heal him, heal him. But mm. it was like, God was like, I am ministering to him. Yeah. As yeah, a 16 month old. He's in my hand. He is in my hand. Yeah. yeah. And I like I'm in this bed with him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I loved, I remember that spoke to me so much because I loved that song at the time that our God is a lion. Oh, yeah. You know that one? I was yeah. just like, oh man, that I loved it. And then for me, like what's come back to me and been really encouraging through that time is that Joshua 1 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Mm. And I think about that verse in context to that situation Mm. a lot. Mm. Um, I felt strong. I felt courageous when it made no Mm -hmm. natural sense. And if you know me, (laughs) you know I'm emotional. Mm -hmm. You know I, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I can give in to that really easy. So I think God knowing me and knowing how he designed me, he needed me. Yeah. To focus on yeah. his strength. Yeah. Um, and just knowing he was with me yeah. in every single second of it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that verse in Joshua. And when we look at the bigger book, I mean, I don't know the t- the number off the top of my head, but there he repeats that, do not be afraid, do not dismay, mm-hmm. so many so times. Much. And I'll never forget my dad teaching on that passage once and saying, why did God say this over and over and over? Because Joshua was afraid. <laughs> he to hear you it. Know? And he says it in like the first chapter. Like I remember counting it when I did a study on Joshua like two years ago. It's like a crazy number. Yeah, it's like it's every so, other do verse. Do not fear. Do not, do fear, not, do fear. not fear. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, I think we are quick to beat ourselves up when we do, because we do, we're human and we're going to be scared sometimes. We're going to be worried. We're going to be carrying burdens on our back that we weren't meant to carry. But that's when we get to be reminded, like, you don't have to fear. I've got this. Mm-hmm. I am with you. And if you've really surrendered control, that will bring you peace. That's right. If you haven't surrendered control, that will terrify you. Yeah. Because, you're still wanting to fix the situation yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where I think that will be done really comes into play. Yeah. You know, in our lives. So what's interesting is this story, it's Elias's story, but it's like not his story because as a 16 month old, I mean, he has zero memory of this, I bet. And he will hear y'all tell this story. Yeah, he does. He's like, what are you talking about? When I was in the hospital? Oh, okay. And then he goes and like plays with his transformers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know, as a man of God, you know, when he's a a grown up and a husband and father and all these things, this story is not going to be one that is like his Ebenezer, right? It's not going to be this giant moment. It, was yours and Brayden. Yeah. Looking back, how do you see, you already said it, God works all things together and even both outside of our lives, but also yes, Yes, in our lives. Both. Yeah. How, you know, how do you, could you look back and already see how God used that situation for your good? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I, again, I say this, it changed our lives when it came to faith Hmm. because we felt that strength that we could not have mustered on our own. And so I remember leaving there and telling everyone unashamedly, like God healed him. And I remember going back to work and like, you know, I worked in HR. You're not supposed to necessarily (laughs) in big companies talk about, you know, God and our CEO came in and was like, you know, how is he? How are you? And I was like, we're great. God miraculously healed him. Like it gave me this, gumption I get I don't know the word like it I just wasn't afraid to share about the goodness of God and every time I tell the story I'm not afraid to share about the goodness of God because I know there's no way that it ever could have ended up yeah like it did had it not been for God 
And when I say that, I think I mean more just like how we were through it. Because situations that are hard with kids can tear your family apart. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. really taxing and hard. Yeah. And I remember Brayden and I feeling closer than ever, mm. more connected than ever. And we mm. process things very differently. So that, again, grace yeah. of God. Like yeah. it was, it. I think it changed our lives and in our faith walk and in what we believe God yeah. Yeah. can do, you know? Yeah. When we first talked about maybe you coming on the show and sharing the story, I had a, I had a hesitation in my heart and I went home to talk about it with Tyler and he had, it. and by the, by the, the, Tyler will know this. This is so true. Like I'll like want to gut check something with him, but by the time I'm ready to tell him about it, I've already reconciled Major. my gut check and he may or may not be on the same page. And then basically I just convince him that I'm right, you know, whatever. But so I, I was already at the place where I was like, I'm going to, we're going to do this. We're, Becca's going to come on. We're going to share the story, but okay, Tyler, what do you think about it? And he had the same gut check and it was this hesitation and this fear of, can I have someone on no matter what talk about something that was so quickly and miraculously solved? Oh, and what is that? And, and, you know, cause so much, so much of this life and a lot of the, as you oh, said, yeah. the people on my show, it's long suffering. It doesn't even always end in what we want. It ends up in God's will, you know? And I mean, after I had, I don't even know how long it took me to process really not that long. I realized, no, Hannah, people need to hear the miracles too. We we need both and we yeah. need the folks who have gone before us and who have modeled how to suffer well years and years and years or bury a child or I mean we we need those people. We need those heroes mm-hmm. of faith. But we also need the stories to remember that God does whatever he wants yes. and he miraculously heals, he miraculously saves, he miraculously turns situations around mm-hmm. that we see um one of the songs that I love actually posted about this the other day on Instagram just even when we don't see it he's working and we yeah, don't feel it, he's working. Song. He never stops working. He's always at work. There are situations in my life where I, there is no earthly way things will get fixed. There is, there is no man or woman on this planet that is going to fix some of these situations. It will only be because of the powerful, the supernatural, miraculous redemption that only the Lord can do. And so I guess I just say all that to say, we need these stories. Yeah. I mean, I had the same hesitation whenever we finally decided I was going to come. I said to Brayden, I was like, can I go in there? And talk about this because it only lasted about four days. Yeah. I mean, granted, he was sick for the month leading up. But at the same time, I was like, some of these people are walking through the worst side of this in my, you know, that I never think God had to go through. Is this story still valuable? Mm. That was the question. Mm. And the Holy Spirit in that moment was just like, you promised me you would share the story every chance you got. This is a valuable story. That's right. Everybody's story brings value. And... This whole story may not encourage, you know, every single listener, but it it might encourage one person in part of their journey. And you know I think what I'm it saying? will encourage like, everyone. Who I mean, it might. I think I just I say that to mean like I think I had to go through that same process because you do yeah. you have these pillars of the faith that yeah. I'm just like in awe of. Yes. You know, their yes. journeys with God. I pray that I could have yes the faith like that. Yes, if I had to endure it uh-huh. for that uh-huh. long. You know, my mom talks about we've walked with several close family friends who've suffered for a very long time and she would say I would watch our best friends suffer and it was like a kid on the outside of a candy store watch you know looking in and seeing my friends suffer but seeing them taste of the Lord in a way that I hadn't. And it's like, I didn't want to go inside, but I wanted to go inside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now my mom has lived more life and has suffered more. And she's like, I'm on the other side. And I can tell you, you know, it, it's hard, but you, you taste of the Lord in a different way. I definitely felt closer to God. Yeah. Like I felt his nearness. I felt his voice. I heard his voice. You know, I felt like I wasn't second guessing the things he was telling me. Um, yeah. Even though it was short, it was life-changing. Yeah. The verse I want to end on, because I think it just wraps this up so well. It's in Psalm 78, 4. This verse is actually on a massive canvas right in my front hall. When you walk through my front door, it's like the first thing you see. And the context, it's a Psalm of Asaph. And he is saying, you know, oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I'm telling you. You know, and he's going on about the stories we've heard, the stories our ancestors 
handed down to us. This is verse four. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Mm -hmm. And I think this story, I think that's one of my goals with every conversation that we have on no matter what is that we are proclaiming to this generation and the next, the Mm -hmm. glorious deeds of the father of his power and his mighty wonders yeah that's like my life's goal I mean I just love the Lord like no matter what (laughs) no matter what I keep saying I say that anyway everyone does (laughs) I love the Lord Becca yeah my sweet friend thank you for having me thanks for coming on no matter what thanks for letting me share Hey friends, one last thing before you go. This month, I released a new study called 25 Days in Philippians. In Philippians, Paul teaches us that joy comes not as the result of external conditions, but from internal confidence that God is at work and in control. And I don't know about you, but I need that reminder that my joy comes from my internal confidence that God is at work, that he's in control, that he is always good, not from my external conditions. I would love for you to join me 25 days in Philippians this month. You can learn more at hannahseymour.com or check out some of my other 25 days in Bible book plans. Until next time, praying that you will be who God has created you to be no matter what.